Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To a Celtic state of mind, it is Wednesday afternoon. We are on the verge of a massive European night at Celtic Park, and I am Paul John Dykes, joined by James McKenzie and also John Hughes. We might have a fourth voice. We might be joined by Ian Conroy uh, dialing in from New Zealand, and if so, we will welcome him to the show. But in the meantime, gentlemen, buzzing for tonight. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to steal a thunder. And I just, you know, before we got on tonight, there's obviously been a lot of chat about the weekend and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think we have to view that with a bit of balance. So just say, just to put it to bed. Um, I think that's interfered with your, your sound a wee bit there, John. <laughs> Listen, John, I would not expect you I would not expect you to enjoy uh, the aftermath, the meltdown. I mean, when we go into these games and, and often on Axel, I, I just feel that there's so much to talk about that we don't really focus on those uh, other teams um within the league unless we're playing them. Yeah. However, the weekend was, oh, you know, from start to finish. And John, I've been looking forward to seeing the reaction of Lawrence Conley on a Tuesday, John Hughes on a Wednesday, and we just keep going. But well, yeah, I'm gutted you didn't get to hear the fans all singing "Let's All Laugh at Rangers," but never <laughs> mind. That was <laughs> I, just, I had that lined up from Saturday. We, uh, we could fill in the blank. We could fill in the blank, John. No doubt. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, no, uh, look, it's great. In terms of tonight, though, because that was your original question, we'll come back to the review. Uh, in terms of tonight, it's a, it's a very very big night uh, and a game. I think we have to win. Uh, if we're going to have any realistic uh, prospect of pushing ahead, 
the, the, you know, can we do it? I have concerns, uh, certainly uh, on Monday's performance until this point, we've not been playing well. Uh, and I believe, uh, and it's now backed up, I think, by quite a few of the people, the, you know, the, the conversation we had last week about three five two changing the formation, mm. whether it's three five two or four four two, I don't care, but it can't be 4-3-3. Uh, you know, it's honestly, it's almost like he's playing four three three just to accommodate Maeda pressing on the on the side. But Maeda would be playing anyway. But we, we just don't have the players, the creativity, um, and the, the production from the wings has dropped off a cliff. We're getting absolutely nothing from there. That's mean Kyogo was at fifty percent of his uh, previous year's creativity, uh, and um, we're just getting absolutely nothing. Uh, and the formation is doing us no favors at all. We don't have the players to play it. We need to switch. And um, I, I hope he makes that change tonight. Now, you know, th- there is a, there is an issue with uh, people saying, I know that he was looking at it. I have it on good authority that he was looking at it, but I don't know why he, he decided not to go down that road. I think maybe it's because we had big games coming up but, and he didn't want to change formation. But y- you've just got to. Yeah, you have to, in my opinion, because, I mean, you're looking at, you know, the, the issues that you have, um, I'm sorry, I apologise, I don't know why that's dinging away there, I've got the volume right down um, the issues that you have um, essentially are all fixed, all resolved by changing the formation uh, and so I, I just don't understand, you know, what the what the benefit is to us in, uh, to, to keep it that way I mean, epitomised perfectly by the fact that you know, James Forrest started last week, got hooked uh, obviously because we got a man sent off. Mm-hmm. This week, Yang starts and is hooked for James Forrest at half-time. James Forrest was the fifth-choice winger last year. He's now effectively first-choice. Uh, Yang is one of those players that the first thing he does is great, the second thing he does is great, but no matter what happens, the last thing he does is always poor uh, so far. His end product is, is, is really, really poor. Um, so I'm not saying they won't come on to a game, they won't be a great player, any of that. I'm just talking about right now, mm-hmm. who's, who is playing well and who we can utilise in these games. Um, even uh, Palmer came on and he was uh, very effective. He scored that goal. But you could you could play Palmer on the left of a midfield if you de- so decided to. You know, I mean, he's that kind of player. He's not. He's obviously not an outright winger. Uh, so he's not getting to the line. Both of the goals came from deep crosses. Uh, he doesn't attempt really to get by a man, uh, but he's obviously very, very effective. Uh, you know, he, he puts one ball in um, and scores. He puts another ball in straight in James Forrest's head mm. and have won as the game. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously very, very good at doing that. And Brendan Rodgers will like that because that's what he's always liked really from his winger. But he doesn't necessarily have to be termed a winger. So, you know, but you could add equally the same width using Greg Taylor and AJ, uh, and Greg, as Greg Taylor proved with an ex goal. Um, so I just, I, I really, really want us to move away from ineffective wingers and start deploying guys who we know are good players uh, in, in better positions. Uh, I just don't see the point in it. And I think if we go 4 3 3 tonight, uh, we'll be, a draw is the best we'll get. <coughs> 
John, it's interesting that we're playing Lazio tonight and you started the conversation talking about right-wingers. So I'm going to continue with that. Uh, <laughs> move on to James. Um, <laughs> see, see, the thing is, with regards to that, adapting even the shape, uh, the formation of your team, going into a game, and I know it wasn't as fixed as sometimes we suggest, but going into a game like tonight, I don't think under Ange Postacoglu we, we would have had any chance of really changing the shape. But I do feel that, that Rodgers would be open to it. Although tonight, when I'm looking at my kind of potential start 11, and James, didn't give too much away because obviously you've got a blog that's going to drop on the site at some point this afternoon. Um, on the right, that, that is definitely one of the positions, isn't it? Because obviously, like John said, you've got a badder there. I said stepping out of the shadows of Jota, we have lost a lot of creativity since he's left the club, clearly. But then a badder gets injured. And then what you've got is you've got two, you've actually got three new signings who can play there, one of whom is injured, and you've got James Forrest. And then down the pecking order, you've also got Rocco Vata, um, who hasn't featured yet. So we've, we've utilised all of them. I think Yang at the weekend, James, I don't know what your thoughts are here, I felt that he was almost spooked because he was getting a hard time, right, uh, from the Motherwell fans who I think were trying to suggest that he was play-acting quite early in the game. But it was almost like every time he got the ball, I didn't even see that first bit that he was doing well in previous games, you know, taking on his man, the instinctiveness of just jinking past his man. And like John says, sometimes then running out of ideas. I didn't even see that. Could it have been that, you know, he's, he's entered a kind of cauldron, uh, an atmosphere that he's not used to because he was hooked at half time. Um, and I don't think it's a punishment. I just think it just wasn't working for him. Um, on the other side, Palmer came on and he did affect the game positively. And I think he's in with a shout for a start tonight. What's your take on that on the right-hand side, James? Yeah, I think there's plenty of options that are available there, but I don't think anyone can really pinpoint someone who looks like the nailed-on starter at the moment. I don't think even Brendan Rodgers knows who his starting right-winger is with Leo Abad out injured. But I think John was hitting the nail on the head. You would have seen me nodding along when he was mentioning um, Yang. When he gets to the final stage of the attack... He never really seems to know what to do. He'll get you off your feet with a, a bit of trickery or something to take on a man mm-hmm. in the first instance. But as soon as it gets to part two of the move, right, you've got past him. Now you've got to do something with it that will cause some problems. That's when things start to go wrong from. I think with Luis Palmer, he would be my player. I would start. Sorry for the spoiler. Um, I, I was quick to level away a lot of the criticism that was sent his way after that game against Feyenoord. They played a quiet first half hour, but from then when he started to cut in on his right foot, that was when he was starting to cause problems. You could see the final was starting to back off of him as well. I think he got two or three shots off mm-hmm. as well. And then he gets the goal at the weekend against Motherwell, which if it wasn't for even further late drama, that would have been the goal that won the game at the end of the day. Whether it was a shot or a cross, I don't think I can really pinpoint what it was. I think it was a cross, but I'll let him have it. He perhaps could have had an assist as well. James Forrest has to Bury that chance. Got to score. Got There's, to score. Yeah, he's got to score that. I thought Forrest, you could tell why he had been brought on into that game. He was picking up from good spaces. Um, I don't really want to see James Forrest starting in a Celtic shot at this stage, but he can make an impact in games like that against a team that is hard to break down. He's experienced it. He's played in games like that against teams like a Motherwell, like a Livingston last week, who are going to sit back and almost look impossible to break down. Mm-hmm. The sort of experienced player that can be pretty useful in those situations. So there's three options if you add, want to add Marco Tillio into the equation as well. And I think he is fit, I think. He'd, I don't know if that 
testimonial game was the way of getting him up to fitness. I'm not too sure if he's in the Champions League squad, though, because the sort of fitness timeline with him was not exactly concrete. We didn't really know when he was going to come back. There's another player who I'm really hoping to see in the lineup. He seems mm-hmm. to be close. We got told it was early October, Cameron Carter-Vickers. It would be a massive curveball. It would be a massive risk. But if there's some way you could fit him into that starting lineup, you'd have to do it. I don't know, James, about that. Sorry, Paul John. If you remember when CCV came back the last time, he, he looked pretty off it. It took him a while to get back up to speed. Uh, I, I wouldn't be throwing him into this game um, unless the manager was 100% confident. But then again, our options are... I think it would be extremely unfair to throw him in with the expectation because our options are very limited. And therefore, you know, if he's exposed because he's not fit and he's not ready... Um, if, you, if you're going to play three centre backs, then who do you who do you put there if not a return? Well, well, I mean, I I don't think we will. Uh, you know, I think uh, the, the, I think so. I think you'll probably will play four three three again tonight. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, just because I you know uh, wishing it doesn't make it so. Uh, I, I if he didn't change for the weekend, I'm not sure he changes for this game. Uh, so I think it's all. It's not the team I would play, but I think he goes with a very similar team to that we saw at the weekend. Uh, and I think for that reason, let's say we will struggle uh, to create uh, chances. And uh, fortunately, Lazio will struggle to create chances. So I think maybe worst case scenario is a draw because they have no, no great shakes at the moment either. Um, so they're sitting in 16th, what they've scored seven goals this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they don't look any great shakes at all. So d- despite previous reputations, we've all seen how, you know, reputations mean, mean uh, nothing with uh, with clubs that aren't funded by uh, countries, basically. Uh, so you can have a great team one year and can be absolutely a bit smaller than the next. And that looks like exactly what's happened with them. So they don't look good. We have a real, real chance. I, I just hope we can seize it with both hands. I really, really do. Because, we need to win this game. We do. And and that point you make on Carter Vickers, we'll run through the defence, of course, but I, I do know, obviously, from yesterday's presser that, that Rogers uh, dropped that grenade. He did say that he'd be ready for the, the bench, but you just never know going into these games. I, I've got to say, Carter Vickers has been an absolute titan since he came to Celtic. But even in a game like tonight, I would be loath to throw him in. So we'll be having a look at the other options. I want to actually start tonight, uh, today, sorry, regarding tonight's, um, the comments around the fact that the fans and the players can double up and that's what makes the opposition uncomfortable. And Brennan Rogers was obviously looking back on some of the big European nights at Celtic Park and the part that the fans play. And I don't think it was what uh, Kevin Graham used to call birthday cared, you know what, um, that Brendan was giving us. I actually believe that he was talking about the part that the fans play on a night like tonight. Um, I am going to be covering the game tonight. I'm actually going to be going straight to Glasgow after the stream to drop my two tickets off to somebody else, um, and I'll be covering the game. But one of my biggest disappointments, I think, is the fact that there won't be that famous TIFO. Now, I don't want players and big players from big teams and big leagues to come to Celtic Park as if it's just like an expedition, like a day a day away to go and visit that stadium and we get ticked off the bucket list. Because it's great to hear people complimenting Celtic in the stadium and the atmosphere. 
but you want it to be a fortress. Um, but tonight, we won't have the TIFO, John. We won't have the Green Brigade. Obviously, they will have the presence, but we won't have that. That element of the game that has become synonymous with a European night. Um, and I just think it's a bit of an own goal. You know, Brendan mentioned it yesterday, that the fans, you know, the atmosphere trickling onto the pitch, doubling up on opposition teams and magical things can happen. But there's an element of that that I just think is a bit of an own goal because we're not going to have that T4. What's your thoughts on it, John? I just, I, I don't understand. You know, other other countries have it, other teams have it. Uh, you know, why are we suddenly uh, left without? Um, so... I, I just can't really understand the thinking because it's not as if, you know, they've specifically, well, I suppose there has been some sort of fairly pointed messages in the past, but that's part of what the club's about. That's part mm-hmm. of the culture of the club. That's part of what makes the atmosphere great, whether you agree with what they're saying or not, what, you know, or not. That's, you know, it's all part of the chat. It's all part of the banter. Uh, and, um, you know, I... I I think we are a special club, but we also have to, you, you can't just rest on that mm-hmm. as a reputation. You, you have to make it special. You have to make it a special experience for people that are going along. You have to make it a special experience for the players. Um, and, you know, that's really where, you know, that outstanding atmosphere comes from. Yeah, we, we can't just say I were Celtic were grand and then sit in our hands, you know. So if you want to get the crowd up, you need the likes of the, it's been proven time and again, you need the likes of the Green Brigade to get the crowd uh, on their feet and get the crowd moving. Um, you know, a lot of people are just, they don't want to be the first person to start a song. They don't want to be, you know, they're just sitting in their seats, you know. So um, it, it takes that to really spark an atmosphere and that's fine. Uh, and I, I just don't understand why you would do anything to mute that on, on a, a Champions League night when, you know, we, we really do need uh, the crowd on top voice. Uh, and I think it's going to be particularly important tonight because these boys are not playing well. They are not full of confidence. This is not Real Madrid, Madrid coming here and they're used to playing and, you know, in these sort of atmospheres every week, uh, you know, and have no fears of us at all. Uh, these boys are fearful and you can tell they're fearful because they know a lot about us. If you have seen the comments that they have been making, they're very well informed. They're informed about our current team. They're informed about the history. You know, these guys are doing their homework. They are not taking us for granted. Uh, And so they're not coming here and they're thinking they're just going to wing it. Uh, They are definitely not because, you know, again, they're concerned about their own form and Mm -hmm. rightly so. So, the more we can do to put them off, the more we can do to slightly have them off kilter, the better that we will be. We're going to press them high. We're going to press them hard. They don't press as a team, which is incredibly beneficial to us. Um, so we're going to press them high and hard. We're going to put them under pressure. Hopefully the crowd terrify the life out of them um, and you know we get off to a flying start. But why, why would you do anything to hinder that? I don't understand no, I mean, going back, James, um, I, I do remember the the genesis of the kind of the ultra movement in Scotland. Obviously, there, there was a lot of influence coming over from Germany in respect to what Celtic have done and what the Green Brigade have done. But the Jungle Boys, you know, introduced to Celtic Park to enhance the atmosphere. And then what invariably happens with these things is obviously there's a, a core group there who decide to go alone and they become the Green Brigade. Now, as John 
John quite rightly said, in terms of Celtic, Celtic Football Club, and what the club and and uh, a, a very many of the fans stand for, a big part of that is political. Political and there has been political statements made with TFOs, and you know when it suits authorities, politics and football don't mix. But as I say, when it suits the authorities. So w- with regards to that, I mean, is there a fear? Because I just think you're losing more than you're gaining by not having the full Green Brigade going full pelt tonight uh, for the visit to Lazio. Yeah, this is exactly the sort of game where you'd be getting that toxic atmosphere that fans have been looking for at these European games for ages. You've got to strike fear into them. And there's no better way to get someone riled up than politics. And Celtic and Lazio are very much opposing ends of the political spectrum. So that was the same sort of atmosphere when we welcomed Lazio to Celtic Park the first time round. The atmosphere and the banners that were on display were... It was the sort of thing that was getting everybody railed up. The fans were going and the, the players were going as well. I think the biggest cheer of that match the first time round was for that big save from Fraser Foster at the end. I think there was a bigger cheer for that save than there was for Christopher Julian's winner. Then you saw similar scenes when Celtic went over to Lazio as well. But I've been saying for ages, I don't like the whole applauding players off the park sort of stuff. I don't mean to bring them up, but when you look at the team at the other side of the city, they got to the Europa League final because they made... Ibrox a place that teams didn't want to go to and they made yeah. the teams would go there and they would they would crumble. They would crumble. World class teams would go there and crumble. And if we can do something similar this season, then it would only be a beneficiary for Celtic. And I think the game tonight is probably the best opportunity that we have to pick up points in this group. Lazio they're not in a very, very good space at the moment. They got beat by Lecce in the opening day, who are sort of a minnow team and Italy, and then they followed that up with a loss to newly promoted Genoa, and I think I don't think they've been very good form over the last week or so either. I think the last result was a loss to Milan. So yeah. you'll be hoping that we could really do something tonight. If I don't think it would be the time to experiment, unlike what John was saying, I think you've got to stick to your laurels. The game, the way Celtic have been playing in the last few weeks, as much as the scoreline might not have been too convincing, the result has been there. And what Celtic need in Europe is not absolute harmonies, but we need results. And I think if we can send the team out, we've shown the mentality in recent weeks that we can stand up in the face of adversity. When you look at how we played at Ibrox, given the injury crisis that the club was facing, we, yeah. the convincing performance against Livingston with 10 men, and then the mentality to come back and win it at the end against Motherwell at Fur Park, we've shown a strong mentality over the last few weeks, and that's going to be really much needed if you're going to beat a team like that, so... No, you're yeah. right. Well, I'm just uh, can I say the one thing we won't be achieving tonight is uh, really upsetting Mussolini's granddaughter, which is always a, it's always unfortunate. That was one of our better achievements in Europe in recent yeah. times. She kept it going as well, didn't she? Yeah, she did, yeah, Surprisingly yeah. enough, she she kind of like gravitated towards uh, supporting Rangers. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Jungle Lion. She was quote tweeting Rangers and all that. Jungle Lion. Yes, we know you are in the sun. You've got the cans out and you're a happy man and fair play to you. But I'm going to have to ask this question because obviously it might have happened, but I'm not aware of it. Stephen McGonagall is watching Axom whilst sitting in the Estadio Nacional. Hi, guys, from sunny Lisbon again. I am sitting in the stadium. We won the cup with the big ears waiting on the show to start. Is this the first time 
that someone's watched that from in that stadium. You know what? It's the first time I'm aware of, Stephen. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and Double Denham, genuinely think we can get a result tonight. 3-1 Celtic, we love that. With Kyogo, O'Reilly and Callum McGregor on the score sheet. And uh, Kevin Mullen, afternoon act. So I'm absolutely buzzing for the game tonight. Let's make Celtic Park Fortress again. Uh, think this will be the night Kyogo will get his first Champions League goal. Well, it'll be a good time for that. Um, yesterday, not quite the same kind of level as Champions League, but a very, very special club in St. Rocks. I was up there yesterday to speak to a man who you go back to those dark days of the 90s where Celtic uh, required a takeover to get us back on track. And Willie Hockey was a massive part of Fergus McCann's um, takeover at that time. And then you fast forward to him also introducing the club to a certain uh, Dermot Desmond. He tells a story about that. He gave me a wee bit of his time yesterday. We'd done an interview, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, and I'm going to ask you the question, John. When Willie Hockey manages the Celtic Select side on the 15th of October for that sold-out centenary game, do you think he will he will be the first-ever Celtic manager with a papal knighthood? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got interesting. Uh, Willie Hoggy, back when I was young, uh, uh, gave the first Mrs. Hughes a job uh, based on contacts alone and then sacked the first Mrs. Hughes within a couple of months. Uh, so, uh, in, in retro- I wasn't happy at the time, but retrospectively, Willie Hoggy's a superstar. Um, <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't know he had a papal knighthood. Papal knighthood, yeah. Yeah, that requires some money. Uh, thrown at the Vatican, so uh, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he may well be the only one decorated in such a way. I'm not sure Jock Steen would have had one, uh, you know, for a kickoff. Um, so it's going to be, I mean, the remarkable thing about that, I've been watching that, it's taken on a life of its own, John. Well, I mean, it hasn't really used it, it at all, but I mean, it's mental stuff now. I mean, there's a, an absolutely sensational Celtic team potentially uh-huh. out there. And I've not yeah. even announced the whole team yet, by the way. I uh, haven't uh, even announced the whole team. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what you've done there. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm I'm devastated because I thought I was going to be the manager. But, uh, you know, you decided you were going to throw a Lisbon Lion in there as well. Apparently, he's more qualified than me. <laughs> uh, so, and, uh, but uh, what an event you've put together there. That's absolutely fantastic. I love these things, man. This is what makes the community so good, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons we love Axom and why we contribute our time to it because it's about creating that community and actually, rather than just flapping your gums all the time, just making something happen, uh, putting words into action, you know, raising money for uh, good causes, um, creating events like these with charity weekend or all that stuff. Uh, so it's brilliant to see. It's a great achievement, and uh, what a what a game it's going to be! I might try and sneak in. Uh, I cannot, I cannot <laughs> wait, John. I cannot. Just to announce as well, we're, we're going to be live streaming it. This is something that you know I, I didn't. I know how to live stream, but it was all about the logistics of getting the people, the correct people, on the gantry. Uh, maybe protecting that gantry a wee bit on the scaffolding up at James McGrory Park. So we're going to be live streaming it and um, we might even have a commentary team involving uh, our most esteemed colleague, James McKenzie, leading the line um, in terms of the commentary. Really looking forward to it. It is sold out, but we'll be streaming it on all the usual channels, be that Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitch, um, 
and Twitter. So subscribe to your channel and you can watch that game. You can see guys like your namesake, John Hughes, the 90s version, John Hughes. Um, we've also got Rudy Vata, Bobby Petter. We've got Joe Miller. Who am I forgetting, guys? Keep me up to speed here. We've got loads Scott of ex-players. Scott <laughs> McDonald, Tommy Johnson, Andy Payton. Uh, there's, as I say, there's a few f- nights against Italian teams. You can't forget Scott McDonald. Can't forget Skippy. Um, talking to Skippy. Let's have a wee chat about Tommy Rogic here, right? Because um, is it Rogic? Is it Rogic? I don't know. But what one thing's for sure, this was a player for me who was in the greatest traditions of Celtic Football Club. He was an entertainer. Um, he announced his retirement yesterday. I read a few reports saying he was 31. I was looking this morning. He's only 30. He's just a young pup. Uh, 272 appearances, 46 goals, 49 assists, six leagues, five Scottish Cups, five League Cups. That's a trophy for every 17 appearances that he made for Celtic, which is unbelievable. Um, I thought the statement was very touching. Uh, He name-checked Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond. And I think there's a reminder in there, James, that footballers are human beings that face challenges, just like normal guys like you and me. I thought it was brilliant, very touching, and all the best to Tom Roderick, who was an absolute superstar for Celtic. Yeah, it's been strange the last sort of few years because the Celtic players have grown up only knowing them in the Celtic squad. The players that have been the sort of key parts of my childhood growing up watching Celtic are starting to sort of go away. Scott Brown retiring a few years ago, and now Tom Rogic. And I think with Tom Rogic, you mentioned all the trophies, but I don't think it'll be the trophies that'll be remembered, that'll be the moments. Because the amount of big moments and big games that you can associate with Tom Rogic, whether it be his goal to secure the invincible treble or a screamer against Rangers at Ibrox in that 3-2 game, that's one that really stands out. But if I was to say my favourite Tom Rogic moment, it was it was under Ronnie Dyla. It was a last-minute screamer against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. It was yeah. an absolute rocket, the the perfect sort of late goal. And as I said with Tom Rogic, it's the moments that you'll remember, not the, the trophies. He was a special player. I mean, a lot of the time you celebrate it just by laughing, as if to say, I can't believe I just did that. But obviously <laughs> you've seen the, um, the celebration against Aberdeen for the Invincible treble. John, as I said before, we love our entertainers. Uh, sometimes you look at them and you go, I don't want Tom Rogic to be that all-round player that the an analyst would say, right, he's not very good at defending, I don't care. I don't care because if he gives you those moments, he's worth he's worth carrying the defensive frailties and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what his stats are, but I can never remember him winning a sliding tackle. Um, I didn't want Tommy Rogic to do that. Well, I mean, our greatest ever player was voted as junkie, wasn't it? So that's the, you know, that's the tradition that he, he's coming from. And, um, you know, again... I don't think uh, Jinky did much tracking back in his day. Uh, so, you know, Tom Rogic was, he's a, he's a difficult one, isn't he? Uh, because it's easy just to, you know, uh, laud him as being absolutely, you know, fabulous and, you know, uh, most underrated player, all that sort of thing. And he was all of those things. That's, that's the issue with an enigma. He was... He created these beautiful, wonderful moments, and there was games where he played, but you know he really didn't, you know, add much, uh, and it was that frustration, uh, you know, that that's the kind of frustration you get. The, the thing with us, our level in particular, if someone is the all-round package, if someone is a full package, they're not going to be playing for us. 
that's just a bottom line. You know, if someone has got Tommy Rogic's skills and he also has the athleticism and drive and, you know, he's, he's you know, running the midfield to constant work rate, he's not playing for us. You know, he'll be, he'll be playing for uh, Man City or, you know, someone like that. So we, we have to try and accept, we really have to try and accept the... Um, you know the the limitations that some of the players are going to have, uh, and but Tom was he was he was something else in terms of what he was able to do on the ball. He really was a wizard. It was fabulous to see uh, at times, and it made you. He's the kind of player that makes it worth going to games. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the kind of player that you know it's special. You you see it happening in front of you, and you know it's special, and you know you'll be talking about it in years to come. Um, so, you know, and fair play to him. And I was, I, I thought it was, as you say, a, a touching um, statement. It didn't clarify really for me why he left in the first place because I think that was a terrible move, and it, you know, it's proved to be a terrible move. But I was, I was delighted to see the likes of Lawwell and Desmond had stepped up to help him with the, the issues that he had. It's also a reminder <clears throat> that for the the amount of abuse people get, the you know, the likes of Peter Lawwell and stuff, of whom I've been very critical, they are also human beings. And Peter Lawwell's a very, very nice man. Uh, he has, you know, he's he's very, very good friends with, you know, the guy who's my, my, my father's best friend. Um, so I know he's a very, very nice man. And for all of the fact I give him pelters on here because of the job that he did previously, uh, you know, he's still a human being. Uh, same goes for Dermot Desmond, whether you agree with him or not. These are, you know, it's easy to forget because we just have them up as, you know, just sort of figures that we're just so used to commenting on. The humanity of it just goes right out the window. Uh, but it was it was lovely to see uh, Tom talking about that and the struggles that they faced. Uh, and now, you know, he, he's made his decision. Uh, it's very early, but obviously, yeah. The fact that he moved away to me sort of indicated he wasn't happy in himself and he wasn't happy maybe with the footballer's life anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has sort of come through. And yeah, I wish him all the very best. I hope he does not regret the decision because every ex-footballer you've ever spoken to says if they could go back and play for another few years, they would have done. They wish they didn't eat that or drink that so they could have played a bit longer. And 30 is very, very young. So... You know, but each to their own. I I hope he has a, a tremendously happy life, uh, and it's, it's clear that he's got a, a great family there, and they're looking forward to the future. So, absolutely, all the best to the man. No, a hundred percent, John. Um, yes, and one of the guys that who knows if we'll see him back at Celtic Park in uh, some capacity, or even as a guest, he would always be welcome back. Now, Xander Mack got to be. Uh, talking of three points tonight, let's get down to business. I think that's what uh, John's been talking about as well. We want to have any chance of any kind of progression this year. Barry, Barry O'Sullivan, feeling excited and nervous in equal measure for tonight's game. Hail, hail. And B, I never noticed this, although I am a kit nerd. Uh, Celtic wore all white socks against Mullerwell. Missing the usual green bit on them. B, I thought I was a nerd, but uh, thanks for that wee bit of information. And Mikey Boy, <laughs> um, hail, hail everyone. Absolutely buzzing for the game tonight. Their style should suit us down to the ground. Let's do this 3-1 Celtic. Um, yes, y- y- we've mentioned Lazio um, and their manager. Not only is he under a bit of fire because of this form that we're talking about, you know, seven goals in seven games, sitting 16th, having came uh, second in Serie A 
last season. He's moaning, James. He's moaning about the amount of games that he needs to play and all this. They seem to be, if there is such a good, you know, a thing as a good time to play against Lazio, it seems to be now and it's at home. Um, and I don't think Celtic are flying by any means, but we're not. It's like you said before, we're getting the results. We're doing it in a different way. And that way might actually suit European football better. That is yet to be uh, decided. Uh, obviously, I remember talking about Immobile uh, the last time we played them four years ago. Um, and he was, for me, he was a top man then. He's kind of been off form. He's a four-time Golden Boot winner. He's been off form. As you said, James, lost 2 nothing to Milan at the weekend. Um, not quite in absolute disarray, but they're definitely not in form, are they? So uh, for me, I think if they score, they're going to score one. Um, we've shown that we can we can score a couple of goals at this level, and I think that uh, for me, I, I'm going into it fairly confident. I don't think it will be three one. I reckon two 0 two one Celtic. What, what's your what's your take on Lazio as a force tonight? I think you mentioned the Mobley. He's probably the player that will stand out most. He had a couple of injury issues last season, which meant his numbers weren't as astronomically high as they usually are. If I was to give a player. You might not be aware of to watch out. Left winger Sakanyi would probably be one of the main players to watch out for. He filled the void that was left with goals when Mobley was out injured. I'm not too sure how good he's been so far this season, but I know last season he was a, a pretty, pretty good player. Sarri sets his teams up well. He's a very organised coach. You don't manage teams like Chelsea and Juventus if you're not a good coach in the first place. But I don't think they've had the greatest of records in Europe over the last decade. I think the last time they won the Champions League, they did get to the knockout round where they were unlucky to get blown away by Bayern Munich over two legs. And I think last season, I think they finished bottom of the Europa League group. I'd have to double check that, but they've not been the greatest in Europe in recent years and they've not been in the greatest of form in recent weeks. I read that it was the worst start to the season since 2001, mm. which doesn't exactly scream great things for um, the Rome side, but... Um, if, as you mentioned, if they are going to score, it will probably be just one. We need to try and contain them either way because these top sides, they can switch their form around on a knife edge, as you can see, in amongst the worst start to their league season. They beat Napoli 2-1 away from home, who were the reigning champions. These sort of teams can change their fortunes around on a knife edge, so we need to try and do our best to contain them. The likes of your Immobiles, your Zaccanis will be the main players to watch. Yeah, and I've said before, Last season in Europe, John, there were there were disappointments. I mean, we covered all the games. Shakhtar Donetsk for me, both games were disappointing, right? But there were moments um, where you thought to yourself, Ange Postecoglou might just be able to do this if given the time. And I was looking forward to the European campaign, but it definitely was more gung ho than I would expect from um, the man in charge now in Brendan Rodgers. I think we're going to get into a situation tonight where the game might not be pretty to watch. It might not be a rip-roaring performance, but for 60 to 65 minutes, it's about containing them. And it's like that that period of time up at Pataudry, completely different team, obviously, where we just killed the game. And then you can go for the last period of the game, the last phase of the game. And I think that's something that, that Rodgers is particularly good at. And I, I said yesterday, um, is Lazio going to be the game that shows us how Rogers himself has improved as a manager in terms of the ta- tactical side of it, John? Well, I certainly hope so, because uh, at the moment, I think the way would, uh, I would describe this is what we are solid, but we're not dangerous. Uh, <clears throat> so we have lost the cutting edge. Uh, I'd all the stats back that up. 
Um, so I don't think you. I mean, I don't have any concern really. Usually, get into these games. Your mind is, you, know, you could we get pumped like five 0 or six 0 but you know, by one of these teams. This isn't that team. I don't think I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm genuinely more concerned about whether we can get a win. I'm pretty confident uh, that we'll get a draw, worst case scenario. Uh, but we really need that win, and we need him. You know, in my view, to to be tactically flexible, uh, and by that, I you know, I I know he probably will go as I said for the four three three again. But I really hope that there is some acknowledgement of the fact it's not working. And the good thing that Brendan Rodgers is, is like during the game there, when he, he makes substitutions that we can all understand, because you know, because you can see a guy's not playing well and he hooks him. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and, and loads of other managers, they just leave them on and they don't make any changes. They don't they do you know when he makes a decision, you can see clearly why he's made that decision. You're going to oh, thank God he's done that because your man's having a nightmare. Um, so he is quick to react in games, and I just hope that he has he is going to react to the situation we find ourselves in tonight. If, if the creativity isn't there, I hope we switch to a different formation. Um, you know, we could pack that midfield uh, with decent players, creative players. Uh, we need Tati to have a game uh, because he's still not playing well, uh, and he's the reason. I remember you saying. Paul John, you 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 know you didn't see why he was deployed in that pressing role, uh, and as I understand it, <clears throat> it really he was deployed in that pressing role because Brendan Rodgers wants as far wants him as far away from our goal as possible, <laughs> uh, because he doesn't want him losing possession in dangerous areas. So he's effectively deploying him as a ten. He's not a particularly good ten uh, at the moment. Uh, he's not playing particularly well. He is so careless in possession, and I just hope that he ha- he comes on to a game tonight because for him to be that careless, he needs to provide us with the worldies as well. You know, for us to accept, yeah. for us to accept that poor level of performance in other areas, he needs to be doing those ridiculous cross-field Real Madrid passes. You know, he needs to be making magic happen for Kyogo. Uh, so we really, really need him to come on. He's such an important player for us, um, and he just, to me, one of the big reasons we haven't, you know, our chance production is way down is because he's off it. Uh, so I, I'm hoping for something better there tonight. Uh, thankfully, Matt O'Reilly's uh, playing like a god, as you well know, uh, Paul John. Uh, you, you, you and Matt, big pals. Uh, so. Friend of the show. <laughs> His dad's watching all of us. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting tactically tonight because, as James pointed out, uh, their manager's no mug. You know, he is a good manager. Uh, he won't be making stupid mistakes. Uh, you would think he's going to set up... Uh, to hit us on the counter, just based on the way that they play. But we're going to set up that way as well. So it's going to be a real, uh, potentially cautious game back and forward. Uh, everyone's going to be trying to retain possession and play it round. So it could be, you know, fairly sort of dull uh, yeah. until someone until someone makes a breakthrough. 
and I'm fine with that as long as we make the breakthrough. Yeah, I, I so. agree with you, John. I think that dullness, I, I totally get it. I think it is going to be something that we're going to have to live with to a degree. But you mentioned Hatate and um, being a risk taker. You know, is it something that the modern game is minimising because they don't want you to take that risk? So I get why they would try and take him and, and push him higher up the park because he'll make that pass. And it doesn't matter in his mind if he's in his own 18-yard box or if he's in their 18-yard He will try to make that pass. Um, and often it, it comes off and when it does, it's with incredible results. Um, you mentioned earlier, James, about the central defensive partnership. If indeed we go for our usual 4-3-3, and Carter Vickers is back, although Rogers hinted that he would be making a return to the bench. Obviously, Lagerbjelk is suspended. Um, that's in bold print. Lagerbjelk will not be playing. Uh, centre-halves available are, and this goes back to a point John made, Nat Phillips, Liam Scales, and Tomoki Awata. So you can see, just simply due to the fact that Phillips has had two sub substitute appearances, Awata has played at centre-half, and I think that he did what he had to do against Feyenoord when he came on. He played in the Scottish Cup final, of course, in that position, uh, but you would only put him in there if he was the only option, I think. I don't I don't certainly feel that he is a centre-half. Um, and you ask yourself, who, who plays then? And I, I don't think there's even a question. I think it's Phillips and Scales. Phillips has to play. You look at the fact that he's got the Champions League experience that we keep going on about, James, but I do think it is, I mean, there's a, a blog that dropped this morning where you looked at the, the eight Champions League deputants who made their first appearance against Feyenoord. And it's one of the things that, you know, it is a different level. They need to acclimatise to that. I think that's why this season we're going to be seeing in players like, hopefully, O'Reilly and Hatati someone who knows um, what it's like, you know, the ferocity, the tempo, the tempo rather, um, and just the quality, uh, the fact that, you know, you've got to do it and you've got to do it first time and, and with with tempo. But some of the other guys might get a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, I, that, that is why I was surprised Palmer started the last game. So for me, there's no question Phillips and Skills start. I'm going to ask you the question, obviously, Carter Vickers is re-entering the equation and the discussion. When he is fit, and that might be Kilmarnock, this might just be a game too early for him. Who are we playing? Because for me, Scales has jumped from sixth or seventh choice right up to second choice at this moment in time. Um, he's spoken, he seems very humble, James. He's been speaking about that step up to Feyenoord and the fact that he proved to himself I can play there. Uh, with a the caveat, there's always room for improvement. So success so far, one of the successes of the season, Liam Scales. Yeah, and we all love a comeback story. We've seen many of them at Celtic over the last few years. But if a player is playing well, why would you drop him? Why would you drop Liam Scales when he's playing so well? It should be him that plays alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers when the American does eventually return. Okay. As you mentioned, it's got to be Scales and Phillips as your starting centre-back pairing tonight, unless Cameron Carter-Vickers can rise from the ashes like the Undertaker and slot right into that starting <laughs> I think we could get the lights on get the music going <laughs> definitely the thing about it the thing about it is James so it doesn't isn't Phillips a perfect example of why you can't bring Captain Vickers back so quickly because by, for all intents and purposes your man Phillips is supposed to be levels above these guys absolutely levels above them and he doesn't look it at all because he's not in game time He's recovering from injury, uh, and he just doesn't look the player that we thought we were getting. So, 
think that's pretty much the example of why it'd be very difficult to bring Carter Vickers straight back in. I think no, you're right. Just on that point, if, if Phillips has been as bad as you say so far, surely that means it's the time to introduce Carter Vickers straight away. I think you might even see an appearance for what's it, young Joe Morrison. He was on the bench against Fire. I don't know if you'll see him on the pitch, but it would probably most definitely be on the bench again. But that would be your centre-back pairing for me. It's got to be Scales and Phillips. And I don't see why you drop Liam Scales at this current moment. I think that Phillips being in that defence will be a big boost for the Celtic players anyway. I think he's had experience of playing in the Champions League. I think it was during the season where the games were behind closed doors through COVID. They appeared for Liverpool on a couple of occasions. They were rife with injuries. At that point, he'd started at the Bernabeu, he started at Anfield, he started against Leipzig. He's played in these big European coliseums and he's played well. He's, he kept a clean sheet against Real Madrid at Anfield as much as they were already 5-1 down in the tie. But he's got the experience at this level that you'd be looking for in this team and a team that, as you mentioned, with eight debutants in the last game, it's lacking it. If you looked at the Celtic team last year, the excuse we gave was it's an experience. A lot of the players, it's a first experience at this level. This season right now should have been the season where we can really go for it. But that's all been sort of thrown up in the air. You would have been hoping that we'd have been going at this season with the experienced squad you make a you make uh, the thing about that, James, is that's all very interesting. You do a really good hard sell on Phillips, but he's literally the last man standing, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, he he's playing no matter what happens. Know, you know, so I know. Uh, you know, I, I take your point, but um, I, I just don't see him playing. I think if I think if it was still Ange, there would be a chance that Awata would get a game in there. Um, Based on how Brendan Rodgers has deployed him so far, do I think there's any chance at all of him getting a game in there? I think it, I think it's Phillips, and that's it. Unless there's a, an emergency, Awata wouldn't be playing in there. I'm looking at Phillips tonight, um, starting the game, and hopefully this will be his coming of age in terms of his career so far in, in the green and white hoops. I think that the very fact that we brought him in on that short-term deal was a good move because come January, you know, the whole landscape might look completely different and you hope it does actually. I'm keen to bring in some of these, no less, Daniel F you're right in there, glad I tuned in today back to this bogging weather and back to the morning, <laughs> 100% back to the morning uh, we've also got Martin Rogers here nice avatar, that's a cracking picture in fact is that no, when that's your, your old fella he's wearing yeah. the Adidas samples I think and he's doing the yes, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly the one, you are a nerd I got a wee message yesterday for Jim Moore, the Oracle, as we call him. I've got these Celtic books, you want them for your library? He, he just knows that's the kind of thing that, that I'm into. Uh, I'm not an addict, just watch every episode. I like to hear that, man. Um, and we've got Keith Oakden. This time it's a sunny Plymouth. The other day it was raining, Keith. We need to get kept up to date with these things. And Marquee, this team has fight. They've repeatedly showed that of late. I, Indeed. yeah. 100%. Stephen Ray, um, interestingly, Sociedad and Salzburg both played 4-4-2 against each other last night in the Champions League. And uh, Pete McGee got to be 4-4-2 tonight. We can't afford to lose the midfield. Um, now, listen, as I've already said, this is a Celtic state of mind. Um, and we don't tend to talk about our, uh, people call them our oldest rivals. Um, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Our greatest rivals are city rivals. We know that they're definitely our city rivals, but there has been a massive um, 
situation over over at Ibrox way, John, whereby at the beginning of the season I predicted, and I don't mind saying this because whenever we get it wrong, we get reminded in the comments. I predicted that uh, two or three of Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts or Rangers would get rid of their managers this season. We're only at the beginning of October and already Hibs and Rangers have done that. That's putting them into a bit of a tailspin for me, John. I don't think you're going to get a gaffer coming in, making an immediate impact and making it all right again. This is something, it's going to have a big knock-on effect, uh, the fact that they've had to sack a manager so early in the season. Well, huge, absolutely huge. Uh, And uh, let's just be very clear about how funny it is. Uh, it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I think that's that's the important thing. Um, the rest of it's all by the way. No, look, they had they were in trouble before, obviously, but they they backed Peel, which was a mistake. Everyone was saying it. Everyone who's objective was saying it was a mistake. Why? What I think is amazing about their commentators is if you look at the likes of us guys, or you know, most people that comment in Celtic try and have a sort of balanced view. Negative, positive, where it's due, but they they have just this unadulterated happy clapping where they they just believe everything that they're fed, uh, and it it's, it leads to them believing the most ludicrous nonsense. Um, but Bill uh, it was a I think what did I call him the, the other week there as we were on a chancellor, a, sorry a, a charlatan, a, a fraud, a chancellor, a bluffer. Um, uh, you know, and this was a couple of weeks ago after uh, we beat them. But the, the consequences of that are absolutely massive. So they have backed him with all the money they had. Uh, they had to go around. Uh, it was detailed. I think it was Phil McGillivan was detailing the, the rounds that the chairman had to do to go around with a begging bowl to get enough money to sack him. Uh, so it's costing them, I think, the best part of three and a half million, four million to sack him and his team. Uh, money they can ill afford. So let's say they bring in a decent manager and not one of the jokes. It's like, oh, just let's all pray it's Frank Lampard. Oh, the hilarity. <laughs> or Neil Warnock, for the love of God. Um, you know, it just it, farcical names are being read. But, I mean, what, what someone realistic that we looked at, Kevin Muscat, for instance. But the problem is, what's he going to do with that squad? And that's, that squad was built to play like a, a really narrow sort of four-four-two, you know, midfield diamond or whatever it is that they wanted to do. But there's no width, there's no pace, uh, and it looks like they have spent serious money on some very, 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 very poor duds. Uh, so, what's he going to do with no money to, to rejig the squad? Now, if you look at the the job that Ange had to do. The two things in Ange's favour there when he had to come in and do that sort of miracle rebuild, we had record player sales that year. Mm-hmm. Record player sales. So we had money, plus we didn't have a load of dead wood to get rid of because it was all gone. So he was able to build the team in his own image as quickly as was possible. Uh, and there was money available to do that. And they've, they're completely potless at this point. So in terms of a, of a threat to us, I believe the only threat uh, is uh, what we do. We are our own uh, worst enemies here, uh, potentially. If, if you know, we need to improve, uh, we need to get guys back from injury, we need to make some more signings in January, uh, we, we need to get our formation right. Uh, we obviously have uh, you know weaknesses within the squad, which are becoming more apparent. It's all down to us. If we just 
you know, even if we maintain our current level, to be fair, it will probably go over the line. But it would be nice to just put it to bed emphatically. Um, you know, we, we do face significant threats from, you know, St Mirren and Aberdeen and Hibs and Ross County. And, you know, there's a, there's a possibility they could catch us, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, city rivals, I mean, we're, we're a party thistle at the moment, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, look, you could go through it for ages. I, the, the, the fact that you appointed and can I just say one last thing? I knew Beal was a bluff or a chance and all of those things, but someone put together a wee compendium of his moments talking to the press and things he said. Good God. The man was just... It was an absolute... How he got this job, I, I have no idea, but he was completely unfit for it, and I can only assume that, uh, you know, uh, the, the sale of second-hand cars is going to go through the roof in South London once he gets back to his real job. Um, but what an absolute... Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Absolute nonsense. And and by the way, they absolutely lapped it up for a period. Now, I'm going to bring this up. This is something that's been raging away in the comments. I'm not only hosting today with my esteemed colleagues, but bringing up comments, there is no sniper. I just want to put it out there. No one is blocking or removing comments today. So if it's been happening, Stevie Boy, it's been happening because YouTube are doing it. I've not blocked a single comment and I've not sniped a a single comment. And the reason I'm putting it out there is because I've only noticed your comments coming up here. And um, if I don't explain that, you'll be thinking it's me. No one else has access to it. It's YouTube that's doing it. So whatever it is that's been sniped, you're going to have to take it away, my friend. Well, can um, I just add, Paul John? Sorry, just one thing. Uh, I forgot to say about the future. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so they're, they're, they're bang in trouble. But, we, you know, the good news is Steve Davis and Alex Ray, uh, well, depending on how many people are dying in the vicinity and his availability, uh, you know, Steve Davis and Alex Ray are definitely the men to turn this around. I, I would support them wholeheartedly. And I'm sure... I'm sure it'll be great to watch. So, Stevie Boy, no foul language or anything red. It's as if they're wee Snyder sniper. So all of a sudden, you've you've in your own mind thinking that we're doing this if we're not, is jelly. You never came up with it. Done for today, mate, right? So you've now left the stream because YouTube aren't happy with your comments. Nothing today with us, pal. Chill pill. Oh, that's, that's appropriate. CCV will get 20 minutes tonight. Um, I, I tend to agree with that. Mr. Whip 55, this team is a step above anything we have faced this season, but I still fancy us for a narrow win. Um, we've also got Aaron Chambers. Why do some folk pronounce it? Rogic and others correctly pronounce it. Rogic. Aaron, as long as we're not calling El Yunusi El Ahusi, then <laughs> I think either or, either or is just absolutely fine. CJ, I'm I'm genuinely bringing this up because I'm not sure, and I don't think I can remember Rogers putting a timeline on this. James, what's what is the crack with Novroski? or is he it was, Novroki? He was a. Uh, it was him and Welsh were both a month behind Carter Vickers on the sort of time frame. So you're expecting early November probably for Novroki Welsh, but that was the update about a month ago. So. But I think we'll we'll need to see what Rodgers will say about it in the next few weeks. If I end up at one of the press conferences, I might ask him. Who knows? 
Well, you probably will, to be fair. <laughs> cool, Daddy. Uh, Scales first on the team sheet. If you're looking at form, Scales is bang on form. O'Reilly's bang on form. I'm not going to keep going on about him because people will start getting worried, John. Brown, <laughs> Warrior. Our attack need to up their game tonight. This goes back to what John was saying earlier. They've not looked as sharp the last couple of games. Big performances from Maidan Kyogo needed tonight. Um, and there's going to be a big performance as well from a young lady called Rianne Downey who is going to be entertaining the crowd this evening, uh, playing at Celtic Park, Rianne. Is she? Aye, and she played Axom Studio two years ago. She was our guest in here. And uh, one of our acoustic sessions, check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, since then, and I'm not saying, listen, it's all down to us. Of course I'm not. She's a talented, <laughs> talented woman. Um, she's gone on to work with Paul Heaton. Because uh, yeah, I saw Abbott. her. On, I saw her on stage with a beautiful South. Yeah, transmit. Uh, that, that, yeah, that that was fantastic. Unbelievable, John. Unbelievable what, what talent. An opportunity that was. I know. And by the way, lovely, lovely girl, and, and she's also recorded a song with the Coral, which is on their latest LP. So it's great to see her playing um, at Paradise tonight. Now I'm going to ask. There's only 90 seconds to go. I'm going to come to yourself, John. First, I've already said that I think Celtic will get a win tonight. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring or even a particularly entertaining game. Any game Celtic wins is entertaining for me. And I think it'll be 2-1 Celtic. I want a prediction from you, John. How do you think it'll go? I think that uh, you can't take really our performance from the weekend uh, as a as a baseline simply because we'll have space. They're not going to close us down the same way that um, you know the majority of teams do. I think even us playing poorly with a bit more space, um, we should create more chances. However, I think it'll be narrow. I think it'll be 1-0 Celtic. 1-0 Celtic, happy with that. Uh, and by the way, that, that's the difference I'm talking about, controlling a game, John, rather than trying to absolutely obliterate a team 3 nothing. I'll take the 1-0 because it's, it's a safer kind of approach. James might not be as entertaining, but it is pretty safe. Uh, how do you see it going tonight? Well, I'm going to go. If you look at the last two games I've played against Lazio, the only two games I've played against Lazio, they are both 2-1. So surely the educated guess is 2-1. And I hope I'm right with that one. I think on the last game against Feyenoord, I predicted 3-1 to Feyenoord. I got the goal difference right, but I didn't get the score right. I'm hoping I've got the goal difference right for this game as well. No, you did say that. You did, because its uh, I don't think I've ever predicted Celtic to lose a game. Uh, certainly haven't done it on Axom. Uh, so I thought it was pretty brave, but it turned out that you were right. Why are YouTube blocked? I have no idea, Cool Daddy, no idea. I've certainly not blocked a single comment, and I'm the only guy with uh, access. I'm the only non-bot with access, Cool Daddy. So maybe there's a new regulation or something that's causing a wee bit of an issue, but it's certainly nothing to do with Axon. Um, one final reminder is that we're up for a, a couple of awards, um, which will allow Axon to go down to Liverpool this time. We've been down to Manchester and London, picked a few awards up. We're going down to Liverpool. We're up for two. And if you fancy helping us out, you can vote underneath this particular video. There is a link. We're up for the best uh, club content creator, international and the best podcast. And I'd quite happily stick another two European Cups on that wee banner on the right-hand side there and bring them back up the road. Listen, I'm buzzing for tonight. We're going to be live 30 minutes before kickoff. As always, I'm away through to Parkhead just now to drop off a couple of tickets. Enjoy the game. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. And thank you to James McKenzie and John Hughes for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Money hoops.
Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.